And now, The Fine Print with attorney Jen Rout. Hi, and welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me, as always, is my laid-back sidekick, Ben Neatenthal. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm fantastic. With us today is Zach Williams from Hi, State Zach. Bank again. Welcome back. Hey, guys, thanks for having me again. Glad yeah, to be here. Absolutely, thanks yeah. for coming back. Yeah. So, since Zach's here... Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? Pest removal. Yeah, yes. Lawn furniture. Uh huh. No, lawn furniture. Well, you're, 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 you're not <laughs> really. Lawn decks. <laughs> you're not far off with the pest removal, really, because one of the biggest pains in our necks, if you will, would be credit issues. Um, and it just has happened that we've had a lot of people asking questions about credit lately. Ah. So I thought we'd bring Zach back and we talk about really what you need credit-wise to buy a house and what to start thinking about now if you're looking to buy next year. Okay. And really how to build that credit, how to rebuild credit after an issue, major issue and that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, I I can tell you I have perfect credit. Um, Absolutely impeccable credit. Uh, The highest possible score. Uh Uh-huh. Which is? 16. <laughs> no, uh, right. 32. No, that's ACT. That's um, ACT. And, and that's not perfect. ACT is 36. You probably got a 36. Whatever. You? You, yeah, that's right. You did get a 36. You're hilarious. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I got an 18, I think. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, I don't nothing we say on this show is ever true. I did worse the second time than I did the first time. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did too. I think it's also just you get into the room and just kind of go, oh, God. <laughs> it's this huge, I, I, thick book. and I also yeah. like the first time I did so well, the second time I took it, I was like, eh, whatever. whatever. Uh, okay. So I think that had yeah. something to do okay. with it. So you're both smarties. Okay. All right. So we got that established. So uh, That just means you can take a standardized test. That doesn't mean anything <laughs> on your predictability for success. Taker. No. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah. All right, so credit. So the, the right. fun, fun world of credit problems. Right. So what, what sort of credit problems are we, like people who just have like large amounts of debt, revolving debt? What so are we talking about? we've really had three questions that have popped up consistently. Um, the first is, I filed for bankruptcy. How long until I buy a, can I, how long until I can buy a house? Hmm. Other one is, I had a foreclosure. Now what? Hmm. Or third, um, so how to rebuild after those. And third, how do I get my raise my credit score fastest so I can get a good rate and lower bills and all of that? Yeah. And one thing that most people don't realize is your credit score really controls a lot in your life. It oh, yeah. sets your insurance policy rates. Um, it determines your interest rates. And interest, if you're paying interest, I mean, that's on anything – the more interest you're paying, that's more money you're not putting towards other parts of life. So the better your credit, the lower your interest, and that's all happy. And it helps put more money in your pocket um, and all sorts of things. So when we're looking at buying a house, what are your minimum credit scores, Zach? 
Well, it really kind of depends on the bank. Um, where I work at State Bank here in Central Ohio, our minimum credit score is 640. Okay. Um, now, there are other lenders that will go down to 620. Some brokers can go all the way down to 580. Um, for those that don't know, credit scores can range from really as low as 300 to as high as 900. You mm-hmm. don't really see those two extremes. 900, that's what I've got, 900. Uh-huh. Right, mm-hmm. right, 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 right. Um, yeah. 916. Yeah. yeah, I think it's actually, that's where you, my, I, I'm actually a little above. I'm like 990. Okay. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> um, so it, it's, it's rare to see extremes like that. Most high ends you're going to see in the 830s, 840s. Those are like really. That's impeccable Im- credit. Impeccable, impeccable credit. Um, but. The average consumer is going to be between seven forty and six sixty somewhere. Um, yeah. Above seven hundred is considered top tier. Um, okay. From six sixty to six ninety nine is considered tier two. Can I ask or, a dumb guy question? Yeah. Why does the range go from like three hundred to like nine hundred ish? What What is the actual scale that we're looking at? So this has been a common question that I get. Like, why do these scores indicate this? Yeah. Where are these scores coming from? Mm -hmm. And my answer is that's above my pay grade. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's just these algorithms. So you didn't develop this system. No, I I am not Mr. FICO. (laughs) No, so so to back up, there's several different credit scores. The one that is relied on by most creditors is your FICO score, um, which ranges really from 300 to 850. Okay. Okay. But there's also your Vantage credit score. There's plus score models. All of that gets very complicated. Um, But realistically, they are judging a number of credit factors. And it's length of credit, number of credit inquiries, um, amount of debt to income, Hmm. amount of available credit Mm -hmm. is a big one. That's actually one that is, frankly, one of your highest impact. how many accounts you have, um, and every single individual student loan you have counts as a separate account. So, you know, if you have $100,000 in student loans and you haven't consolidated, that's probably at least 12 to 18 accounts that you have in your credit score. Holy crap. You don't realize that every individual loan you take throughout college equals one account. Every credit card is a separate account. Every time you have a medical bill, go to collections. That shows up on your credit score, and that's a separate account. Hmm. Um, the most used credit scoring me- method is really your FICO score. Okay, okay. Um, And I like to always recommend um, two websites. First is annualcreditreport.com. Notice that's not freecreditreport.com. Annualcreditreport.com is where you can legitimately Get a free copy of each of your credit scores. So that's from Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion once per year. Okay. You get it for free. Okay. All right. So we'll we'll put that in the show notes too. Right. So you can get to that. The other one I like is Credit Karma, Mm -hmm. which is, so creditkarma.com. And it's a free website that will pull from those. And it still shows as you checking your credit score. You checking your credit score does not count as an inquiry into your credit, so it doesn't hurt your credit score. Um, and you can see where you're at. It's not down to the point accurate, mm. but it gives you a really good idea. And it has credit simulators 
that will allow you to see what the impact of paying off credit cards is or if you add a credit card Mm. or if you close a credit card all of those things impact your credit and you can play with what's the best way to grow or to increase your credit quickly Mm. Um, one thing a lot of people do and they don't think about how this impacts thing is is they pay off a credit card and then they close the account Mm. because they don't want to use it anymore right don't do that. Yeah. And unfortunately, closed accounts look negative. They look negative. Credit hmm. algorithm. Right. They look negative. They decrease then your available credit. Hmm. And um, it, they will then shorten your length of credit. Hmm. So, so the best thing you can do is have a, a credit, credit, credit account with a zero balance or a, a small balance that you pay off every month. Right. Ideally, what you want to get to is to have your normal spend being no more than 20 to 25% of your available credit and you pay it off. So when I say your normal spend, let's say you like I run everything through a credit card and then I pay it off once a month. Mm-hmm. But because of the way it revolves, at any given point, I always have about 20% credit usage. Right. But it never really goes above that because I pay it off every month. Right. But by the time you get your statement when it's due, you've already charged other things. So you'll have, you know, maybe not 20%, but at any given time you have a balance there. Yeah. But you're constantly using it. So that's your normal spend. Okay. Okay. So that's one way to do it. But the big thing is don't just close accounts. Mm-hmm. Because that negatively impacts your credit. Right. Um, and what you're targeting is you want to have 75% available credit. So if you have a home equity line yeah. or any sort of line of credit, credit cards, all of those things, very important to try to pay those down to have at least 75% available because mm-hmm. that's what banks like to see. Gotcha. Okay. They like to see that you are spending and paying wisely. Right. And that builds your credit score. Okay. Is that accurate? Absolutely. We're also keeping an eye out for any late payments that might show up, whether that's 30 days, 90 days, 60 days even. Right. You know, if you have any late payments on um, a mortgage, even one 30-day late payment on a mortgage in the last year, um, that's going to throw a big red flag to to a lender. Okay. Right. Give you money for a house. Absolutely. So one thing you can do if you pull your credit report and you find that you have a a late payment mark. Yeah. Maybe there were reasons it was late. Maybe there was a mistake. Mm -hmm. Ask your creditor to remove that. Send it in writing. Um, Call them first. They'll tell you where to send everything. But, you know, put it in writing. Explain the circumstances. Do whatever, you know, explain whatever the reasons are why you want it removed mm-hmm. and how you feel why it should be removed. Yeah. They have limitations. So if it's just, I didn't make the payment, they can't just remove that. Right, right. But most creditors won't dock you if you are within, you know, a week or two. Your mortgage doesn't normally, it, your mortgage, most mortgage payments anyways, are due on the 1st. You have until the 15th before there's a late penalty, and most companies won't report until you're 30 days late. Hmm. Okay. There's penalties and fees. Sure. You'll get a late fee from the right. day 15 to day 30. Right. Yeah. Likewise, if you pay your credit card late, you're going to get dinged with that $35 fee or whatever yeah. fee. 
and they may remove it as a courtesy, but that won't always show up as a late payment. You really right. only get the late payment if you're 30 days past due. Okay. Um, but it's a waste of money to be paying late payments. So yeah. pay your stuff on time. It frees up more money. Yeah, makes sense. Um, Zach, what about the whole, I filed bankruptcy? How does that impact whether or not you can get approved for a house? So likely their credit's taken a big hit when they file for bankruptcy because they, most often, because they have all these potential debts that have closed without actually paying them off or debts forgiven, things like that. But, but don't normally, once you're once you're to the point where you're filing bankruptcy, isn't your credit probably pretty shot anyways? Right, right. So it's it's pretty... It's pretty hit before you get to there, and then once everything right, so is then there's like right, it's a cutoff point. So so then you get a clean slate, and you know, let's say you just got a bankruptcy discharge last month, and you go, all right, I'm on a clean slate, I'm going to go buy a house. Not going to happen. No. Okay, most banks want to see at least three to four years from the previous bankruptcy, and it depends if that bankruptcy included a house. If it included a house, it could take longer, more five or six years, till you can buy it. Do you can buy one now? If you just have a straight foreclosure, and without a bankruptcy included in that, you could, in theory, purchase a home within two years of that, two years of the discharge date, through um, through an FHA. Right. Conventional, you got to wait three, four years again. Huh. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's having a bankruptcy and then looking to you just got to be really diligent to keep a clean slate from the discharge of that bankruptcy. And you're going to have to wait some time until you can really buy a house. Well, it also depends on what you do post-bankruptcy. Yeah. So if you say, I am, I filed bankruptcy from here on out. I am paying cash for everything. And that's it. Yeah. You're not building credit. At that no, point. you're not. <laughs> right. So if you can in your bankruptcy, you know, keep your car loan. Keep your house payment. Yeah. Um, you're, you know, reaffirm some debt. And pay that. Yeah. Great. Because then you're already rebuilding credit because you're showing consistent payments. Right. Um, that's a great way to do it. If you say, nope, I'm done, and then you don't have any credit, there's nothing to build off you of. You have right. no history. You have no inquiries. You have no credit limits. You have nothing. nothing. Yeah. So then it's hard to get you approved even though you may have tons of cash. Yeah. You have no history that a bank can look at and say you're a good lending risk. Right, right. Um, so then a lot of people ask, what's the best way to rebuild my credit if I haven't filed bankruptcy or f- had a foreclosure, but I just ran up some debt or I had a medical issue and I have a bunch of bills? Yeah. Um, my advice normally to them is to make pay off the lowest debt first. Hmm. And then do the next lowest, yep. and then the next. There's a name for that technique. I can't remember exactly what it is. Yeah. But it's, it's basically like a cascade, I think, or something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, where it's you pay off the smallest one, and then whatever you're paying towards the smallest one, carry that over to the next one, and it just sort of snowballs. There's somebody listening right now screaming at the screaming right. at the podcast. No, the exact name of that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what yeah, I, yeah, you yeah. guys don't know. <laughs> Come on. You idiots! Right. From the Netherlands. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. probably. <laughs> but We're Australia. They've been big lately. Oh, good. Did I? So. That's a terrible impersonation. It's actually not bad. Oh. You have no idea. You've I, never met anybody from Australia. You don't know In people. the soccer community, you really don't think I've met people <laughs> from Australia. Ah, oh, Ben. <laughs> Anyways. Um, 
So that's one way to do it. The other thought process is pay off the one with the highest interest. Mm. But if you're paying off the highest interest and you have all of these like $10 here, $10 here, $10 here, you're not making a lot of progress. Whereas if you pay your minimums and target one at a time, you're knocking them off quicker. Yeah. And that frees up money to then allow you to do more things and make a bigger impact when it's time on that bigger debt, even if it's higher interest. Right. And that doesn't mean stop making payments. That says, let's say I have five credit cards. I might make the minimum payment on the highest three, Mm -hmm. but I can pay off. I'm just going to pick random stores. I can pay off Macy's this month. I can pay off Amazon next month. I can pay off Lowe's the following month, and then my bigger Capital One bill, it'll take a few months. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our new sponsors, Macy's, <laughs> Lowe's. Amazon. I, Amazon. Amazon. I was just using the ones that you know a lot of people have. So sorry. But that's a great way to do it, yeah. and that's just focusing on things. Also, pay off your medical bills. Pay off any um, collection cases. Hmm. Now, here's the things with that. Just because you pay it off doesn't mean it's coming off your credit. Right. It may show satisfied. Yeah. And that's the big one. Um, a lot of times, especially if you have a judgment against you, because, Zach, that's one of the things that banks look at, right? Got to have that cleared. Yeah. That's Any judgments have to be paid off. And sometimes... The way you kind of leaned over to him to say, Zach, I thought you were going to say, Zach, you know exactly what we're talking about because all of your judgments. <laughs> yeah. So many judgments. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I end up doing a lot of is um, for the title company work I do, a seller will end up having judgments that have to be cleared out of foreclosure or out okay. of the proceeds of a sale. But often they'll be like, I've paid this off and it just was never released. Ah. So I'll track down the creditor and say, Mm -hmm. hey, here's their proof of payment. Yeah. I need a release. Yeah. And that way we know it gets cleared. Um, But it's one of those things that also when you're selling, it's a good idea to just kind of pull your credit report too and make sure there's nothing that got missed. Right. Or that should have been cleared up a long time ago and isn't. So going into it, you know either... This needs to be, this will get paid off if there's a judgment of any sort. It turns into a lien against the real estate often. Um, so those kind of things are what we're looking for to clear up. Yeah. Um, and you want them to look on the credit report. You want to see that they've been resolved. Yeah. Because that signals to a bank, okay, they've made some mistakes, but they handled it. Mm. So it's more... It's safer for the bank because at the end of the day, the bank is giving you their money. You're going to pay it back. They're determining their risk. It's all based on, it's all risk-based pricing. So where your credit score falls is where you're going to get the best price at. Gotcha. Right. So that's why it's so important to have that. Um, The other thing, a lot of people will, you know, you walk onto college campuses and (laughs) open three credit cards. Oh, I boy. distinctly remember one year going to an Ohio State game <laughs> with my dad, and there was a credit card company out there, which I won't name, but it rhymes with Lisa. Uh-huh. And they were giving out basically <laughs> free Ohio State t-shirts that had, of course, their logo larger than the, the other one. And all you had to do is just sign up for, just apply for a credit card. 
Yeah. And I was oh, sweet, a free T-shirt. Next thing you know, get a card in the mail. <laughs> right. There you go. I, I've got a similar story. On spring break in college, there's yeah. just all these creditors with all these booths out on the beach and giving away free T-shirts. So dirty, So man. many people just <laughs> so signing up dirty. to get this T-shirt. Oh, no. Yeah, it was no. it was messy. But Is it still like that? Or, or <clears throat> It seems like they're, at some point somebody in the... the I don't know. The lawmaking it, community would go. It can be. It's a little more regulated. It's much um, more regulated. So okay. a little well, less predatory. Okay. Um, well, that's good news. Yeah. At least. Yeah. But, you know, credit inquiries, as you mentioned earlier, is a big, big thing that, that I get asked about. You know, if somebody's already kind of done a pre-approval with another bank and they're shopping around and they come to me and they go, well, I don't really want my credit pulled again. I have to explain to them, like, it's okay for a bank to pull it when you're applying <laughs> for a mortgage. Right. You know, especially right. if you've only had one other pool in the last week, it's right. okay. Right. You know, if you go shopping for a car, they pull it eight times at all at once just mm-hmm. to find the best yep. person to finance the car for you. Right. Or, you know, if you're going to open five credit cards in a week or it, all, that's what's going to negatively hit you, not shopping for just a mortgage. Just bankruptcy taken care of, you're going to go out and get a whole bunch of new credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. You know? right. So, yeah. 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 So you want to be careful about that. Obviously, there's... There's various kinds of debt. Mortgages are an asset building debt. Right. So that looks differently than a credit card. Right. Same thing, school loans. Mm. School loans with positive payment history, even if you have high balances, because they're school loans and they will impact you forever. Um, <laughs> hopefully not, but they often <laughs> but they're do. good for you, those crippling piles of debt are really good for you in the long run they in theory increase your potential to earn higher income um and often they do but at the same time they're out there and sometimes they don't you know 50 50 (laughs) whatever but i mean that's going to be looked at differently than having i have ten thousand dollars credit card debt and only $12,000 $12,000 total credit, so I only have $2,000 available credit. Yeah. That looks bad. Right. Compared to, yes, I have $100,000 in student loans, but I make my payments every month with no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a higher debt. Yeah. But it's it has less of an impact sure. than I've maxed out every credit card I have. Right. And I have five of them. And I have five of them. <laughs> No. Right. Um, so that's a big one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you don't want to, every time you pull through a bank or, hi, would you like to sign up for our Walmart credit card, <laughs> Target credit card, whatever. All stores like that because then they can track your spending preferences and mm-hmm. that's fantastic for them and their marketing. Yeah. Not good for your credit. Right. Now, if you have a Lowe's card because you're going to buy a house... Or you buy the house. So this is one very important thing. You yes. you apply for a loan to buy a house. And then it takes 45 days to close. Mm. During that 45 days, do not apply for additional credit. <laughs> do not go buy a new car. Put do not life, get a put new credit. Put your cred- life on hold until that thing closes. Right. <laughs> because that can <clears throat> wreck shop. Yeah. I had a closing a few weeks ago. Go. Almost blow up because I have to ask at closing on behalf of the lender because mm-hmm. as the title agent, I do the closing and we go over all the lender's documents and there's one that says, have you p- uh, applied for any new credit? 
mm-hmm. basically. It's yeah. saying, have you gotten any more debt? Yeah. And the guy said, yeah, I bought a car. And the lender was in the room. Mm-hmm. And that threw off everything. Oh, no. Completely changes the numbers. It changes oh. everything. Oh, man. So, you apply for a mortgage. Yeah. You're in contract for a house. Nothing else happens. <laughs> Even if you know you're going to close on Tuesday and Tuesday night you're going to go to Lowe's and you're going to get your Lowe's credit card with all the rewards because you're remodeling yeah. this house. Fine. You do it after closing. Yeah. You want to go buy that new couch and get it financed through whatever furniture company you're buying. Yeah. Wait till after you close. Everything's yeah. after you close. And I would tell you um, as a wealth building tip, the wealthiest people in our country do not finance things. Yeah. So couches, um, TVs. TVs, computers, they pay cash for those. Yeah. And by cash, I mean they put it on their credit card, then they pay their credit card off right. every month. If you're having to finance a couch because you can't afford it, we need to rethink our financial strategy. Yeah. If we're doing it because, it, same thing with a car, if you buy a brand new car and you get 0% interest, well then, why not? Right. If you buy a new car and you're paying 6% interest, maybe we need to buy a less expensive car. Yeah. Because you need to get around, you need to be able to get to work. Mm-hmm. I, I have no problem with that. But let's make choices that benefit our long-term goals, not just this is what I want right now. Mm. Because that's what gets you into credit trouble, usually. Yeah. Or, you know, you buy your, you go to Value City, you get your couch, and then you don't like the couch because there's something wrong with it, and you're fighting with Value City, and then you say, well, I'm not paying for this. And then you don't pay for it, and then that's missed payments, and then it blows up into your credit. All because... (laughs) I had somebody last week, they called and... They do, I'm doing a pre-approval for them, working it all up, and they had all these late, big collections with like their phone bills, like Verizon and AT and T. And this guy yeah. was basically like, "They they screwed me over. This is me sticking it to the man." And I'm like, "Well, you're not really you're sticking it to yourself. Yeah, now, you're kind now. of sticking it to yourself now. I mean, right? Just you know, yeah. Be the adult. Get yeah. it fixed. Yeah. Move on. You know? Well, and you're not gonna win that battle. No." It's a huge corporation. Right. You're the, one person. Yeah. There's other <laughs> For ways. For a $100 bill. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There are right. other yeah. ways. Boycott, boycott the company. Post something on social media about them. That's your right under free speech. Yep. As long as you're being honest about it and telling your opinion, that's fine. Yeah. Um, don't screw yourself right. by not paying your bill. To a creditor who's going right. to report on your credit report. And this was a this was a younger mid twenty something guy. Yeah. He just didn't know any. He didn't, didn't know, know any. Yeah. He didn't know. And I explained him like, you got to get those things cleared if you're trying to buy yeah, a house totally. soon, man. So yeah, totally. Right. So that that's some important things to think about, and we want you to be successful. So make sure to monitor that. Yeah. You can also pay for subscription services through any of the three major credit bureaus, um, and they're you know they range fifteen to twenty five dollars a month. And then they send you alerts and you can see your credit score always and all of that too. Um, I like Credit Karma because it's free. Mm. So if you're real tight budget trying to pay off debt, that's the one that you can get close. Yeah. 
Now, you also mentioned earlier on, and I just want to touch on it real quick, uh, consolidation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, is that something that folks could benefit from or is it better to use sort of the snowball method that we were talking about? Um, so it depends on what you're doing. If you're, there are some debt consolidation companies out there mm-hmm. that really are not helpful to you. There's a lot of them that are very, very unhelpful to you. Right. In fact, it's often better to do it yourself by, by doing the method we discussed yeah. Because a lot of those companies take a huge amount. So if you're paying $500 a month to this credit consolidation company and they've taken all of your credit cards and lumped them into one, yeah. uh, you know, they're taking $100 a month. So only $400 is going to your debt. Yeah. And so you have to be very careful. There's a couple that are okay, but there's a lot that are not. Right. So be very careful about those. Now, if we're talking consolidating like student loans, that can be very beneficial. There's three things to be aware of, though. Often you've gotten several types of student loans. Some are private, some are federal, and you want to make sure that whatever consolidation you are doing is not raising your interest rate. Hmm. So, for instance, I have some that are really low interest rates. Yeah, I don't want to consolidate those because right. if I consolidate them, Right now, that's actually going to raise that interest rate Uh, for those loans. So you want to be careful about that because if not, I'm just, you know, I'm paying more interest. Why do that? Um, The other thing you want to be careful about is you don't want to consolidate federal into private. Okay. Because with federal loans, while there's higher risk, so if you don't pay your federal student loans... They can garnish your wages. They can swoop into your bank accounts. They can do that without a judgment. Yeah. Okay. But they also have income-based repayment, deferment, forbearance, crisis help. Right. Where you might not have to make a payment if something is going on where you've lost your job or something is happening. Private loans don't have that. Right. Private loans, here's what it is. You have to make that payment. Right. So that's the other thing to be aware of. Um, lastly, be careful of the company that you are finan- refinancing or consolidating with. Um, Sally May has gotten into a lot of trouble over the years. You, they, you may have heard their name in the yes. news a few times. Um, they are now Navient, or all of their loans are now managed by Navient, who is also wonderful to deal with. Um <laughs> I actually don't have any loans with them, but I have been paid a lot by multiple clients to deal with them because they have not kept things straight. Oh, good. And it's a giant mess. Oh, good. So be careful about that. Or, you know, you may want to consolidate so you can get your loans away from Navient. That might be a good thing. And Navient doesn't mess up everything. Just every once in a while, there have been errors and we've had to correct them and it takes a while. Yeah. And it's not fun. So be careful on your consolidating. Make sure that's the best move for you. Talk to someone who knows what they're doing. Don't just do it online. I know everyone wants to do it online. Don't just click, click online. Yeah. Just like applying for a mortgage. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was just going to. A lot of times online shopping is good. Yes. But when it comes to really important things in life, you should probably talk to somebody who knows. Yes. Yeah. And I was just going to touch on the consolidating debt part. You know, if you have equity in your home, mm-hmm. there's that's a good opportunity to consolidate debt as well. Whether mm-hmm. that's Absolutely. maybe a, a car loan that when you consolidate it with your mortgage and you're going to have one singular payment and you're saving 
two to 300 bucks a month as opposed to making those two separate payments. So oh, wow, yeah. it's a good opportunity to look into those. You know, banks aren't that keen on paying off credit cards with mm. equity in your house. No. You can sometimes. Right. Um, or even like student loans, they don't really want to do that either. But, yeah. um, you well, know, car loans, you can consolidate some yeah. things. Or if you have a home equity line, you can consolidate into one single loan. So, right. you know, consolidating is going to potentially save you a monthly amount that you can then plow into other debt. Right. Yeah. And the other thing, you don't want to take unsecured debt and make it secured. So credit cards are unsecured debt. Hmm. They have no um, anything for the bank to come and take. Whereas like a mortgage is secured debt. Right. Because you have the note, and which is the obligation, and then the mortgage, which is the security instrument. So they will sue to come take your house in foreclosure to get their collateral back. Car yeah. loans have collateral. Right. That means they are secured by something. Right. Credit cards are unsecured. So don't make unsecured debt secured because, one, it's not dischargeable in bankruptcy as easily. Mm. Anything that's unsecured can go away. Okay. If something really bad happens, unsecured debt goes away. Okay. Secured debt, harder to get to go away. You have to be careful. Student loans are generally not bankruptable. So. Okay. All right. That's why you want to keep keep your focus on what you can get rid of, what you can't in a debt scenario. Make sure you talk to someone who knows what they're doing. Okay. Excellent. So yeah. great. Well, hey, I'm looking forward to hearing Ben's lawyer joke of the week. But first, as always, we have a little housekeeping. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. That is our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, send us messages, suggest topics. Um, and if you are already following us, thank you. We love you. Uh, you can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things up to including putting out the fine print with Attorney Jen Rout every week. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I am at the Almighty Ben. You can follow Boxland Media on Twitter. That is at Boxland Media. Uh, although there's not a whole lot that happens there. And we're still working on the Instagram stuff. Uh, and also, I just wanted to also mention today is going to be the last episode we record in this space before we get a whole new thing going in here. Ooh, so so hopefully fancy. the next time it'll sound a lot nicer. And, uh, and yeah. there I think it sounds great, Ben. Sounds great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, right now we've got spackle showing and everything like that and, and blankets stapled to the wall. So... It's uh, it's a little low tech at the moment, but we we're call that there. work in progress. Yes, yes, it's a work in progress. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, so that's, that's that's it. So, if you are new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. And if you like the show, please take a few minutes out of your very busy day. Head over to iTunes, rate and review us. It helps us out with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository, and we would be forever grateful. And finally, we would like to thank all of you, our listeners. Uh, it's because of you that our podcast exists. Uh, if you like what you hear, please uh, hit the subscribe button. And, uh, and remember, sharing is, in fact, caring. Uh, Jen, would you like to hear this week's lawyer joke of the week? Oh, absolutely. I would, too, because I'm literally doing this on the fly. As um, always, What is Ben's the difference between a vulture? You didn't even get to finish that sentence. No, what is the difference didn't. between a, a vulture and a lawyer? I don't know. The vulture doesn't get frequent flyer miles. Uh-huh. Still That's bad. a dumb joke. I didn't write that one, but yeah. You don't write any of these. What nope, are you I don't. About? I literally <laughs> Google them before the show, and it's yeah, they're they're not all winners. So some are like really freaking dark too. So I, I don't. 
<laughs> like, how do you get a lawyer out of a tree? You cut the rope. Oh my gosh, oh, that's that's a that's little heavy. darker than I wanted that to, to really throw in there. So, but I did anyway. So, anyway, until next time, I'm Ben Needenthal, and I'm Attorney Jen Rout. First, thanking Zach Williams with State Bank for joining us today and reminding you, as always, ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. All right, folks, we'll see you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature and does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.